Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Biff Bites podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Mee, joined in the studio today with the one and the only Mr. Mike Long. How's it going, Mike? Yeah, a lot of people are saying, yeah, thankfully, there's only one of that guy I got to put up with on a regular basis. But it's always the highlight of my day, Mr. Jerry, to be here with you. So thank you for inviting me. Of course. And for all the work you do serving, uh, you know, the greater uh, community out there with these podcasts and certainly our CFP students. So thank you for that. Definitely. Well, glad to have you in the uh, the studio today, Mike. It's been a while since we had a chance to sit down and chat. Yeah. And uh, I want to talk about something that you are a subject matter expert on. The uh, Holy Trinity, <laughs> the trifecta of Social Security and, you know, the decisions that we as advisors have to help our clients make who are maybe thinking about retiring this year, next year. Actually, Mike, I'd like to really retire this year. Can I, can I retire? Sure. Sure. I mean, you're, you're, yeah. I mean, standard of living aside, you can always call it quits. Jerry. Yeah. Let's, you, let, you let's do the math. I, I think my social security <laughs> payment, you know, age 34, I'm probably going to get, you know, like a hundred dollars a month, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so i don't know how holy this trinity is it, i it may be the holy crap trinity but you know this is something where we're at the beginning of the year here so a lot of clients uh are thinking you know should i retire this year or maybe i want to be retired january 1st of next year and so they're talking to advisors about, about these decisions um and then we're also just wrapping up an exam cycle uh, for the CFP exam. And, and these were three topics that generated just a boatload of, uh, of questions in this cycle. So I thought, well, you know, that's, that's a nice combination of, uh, of being able to tie it into the, the planning business, but also CFP business. And, you know, so I wanted to just talk to you for a few minutes about these three things that are, are, are very important in this planning. Yeah, for sure. Cause it is super important. I joke, I joke about retiring, but you know, even for me, it's important because my parents are that age where they're deciding if, uh, you know, they want to, uh, take social security or not. And they turn to me and they're like, Jerry, you're the, you're the finance member of the family, you know, tell, tell me what I should do. And, uh, you know, you, you have to be able to counsel, uh, your, either your clients or your family members or your friends and, you know, help them come to these these really important decisions because it is a really, really important decision to make. Yeah, my experience has always been that be it a client or an advisor, uh, CFP student, um, they know bits and pieces of it really well mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason, however they've acquired that knowledge, but they may not have the whole trifecta in place of exactly how the three pieces fit together. And, and uh, so hopefully this will help fill some of those, uh, those gaps, you know, starting with the one that folks are maybe most familiar with. And that's the fact that if we, if we draw, if we claim our social security retirement income, and that's, that's the focus of this is retirement. Uh, if we draw it before our full retirement age, that our benefits going to be reduced. That's maybe the one that kind of everybody has some knowledge about. Mm -hmm. And that, um, you, you know, that range can be from um, 60, age 62 is, is the youngest that one can, can ever claim their 
uh, Social Security retirement benefits. Uh, and the full retirement ages uh, go out to age 67. Uh, anyone born uh, January 2nd, 1960 and beyond is going to have an age 67 um, for retirement age. I expect in the future that will get pushed out even further. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's in that tends to be kind of the hot hot button topic with Congress and you know all the top political talking heads like to bring that up about you know how this party wants to increase the retirement age and this party doesn't and you know it tends to be I feel the one at the most forefront of people's minds because it tends to come up in politics a lot. Definitely, definitely, yeah, and it's a it's a hot football because. They need those votes from old people like me, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so don't mess with mine. You know, if you want to mess with the young people's, I, I, I'm, I'm Yeah, that's why I always see the cutoff dates. Like if you were born after 1960, your full retirement yeah. age is this. If you were born before 1960, and that's how it was, right? You know, 1960 is the current cutoff, I believe, correct? That's correct. That that that's correct. And so the 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 maximum possible out there as a full retirement age is sixty seven. And so what we have to understand as a as a as a Social Security beneficiary or uh, a client or an advisor is is understand that range of sixty two to sixty seven, and um, particularly on the younger than full retirement age. Um, and and if, if, if a person sets up a, a My Social Security account, which I think we all should have one, you can go in there and look on any day up to date for, you know, maybe the month or two prior, what, what your benefit is and then what it's projected to be. So that's a great source to work with the client is have them set the account up and then look at it with them. Um, but particularly when they're thinking about claiming it early. That's when we, we, we really want for them to be aware of, of how that might impact. So you need to know what their Social Security full retirement age in is and then back up it and see how many months early their, their situation is in claiming. You know, if they're taking it at 62 and their full retirement age is 67, then um, that's 60 months that they're claiming early and their benefit would be permanently reduced based on a formula in social security. Uh, and we, we don't need to get into, uh, it, it may be hard numbers with all that, but there's one reduction level that applies for the first 36 months when you're counting how many months total are we going back before full retirement. There's one reduction level, uh, five ninths of 1% for the first 36 months and then if it goes beyond 36 months early, then it's five twelfths of 1% for maybe another 24 months to cover the full, the full 60 months. And that's permanent. Mm -hmm. So it can be a really significant, it could be up to a 30% reduction. I, I didn't even every I, month. I feel that. So that's not, that's not something I was very aware of. And I think a lot of advisors uh, aren't necessarily aware of that, that it's not just some straight line reduction that, you know, it, it curves depending on how far before full retirement age you are. It doesn't. It's literally by the month. Yeah. I mean, each month uh, causes a greater reduction or on the flip side, each month you wait increases it. And those first 30, the math of those first 36 months, if it's exactly 36, it's 20% permanent reduction. 
If they go beyond that, it's five twelfths of 1%, but that could add, if they go a full 24 beyond that, another 10% for a total of a, a 30% permanent reduction every month for the, for the rest of their life. So that's just super important to, to understand because that's a lot of money. And then you have, that has to be countered in one's own math, their own resources is yes, but I will be receiving that money for a longer period of time. That's true. Hopefully they would right. live a very long time and you would need to know your own breakpoints there if there are other moving pieces as far as resources and things. Uh, and then the, the, the other piece to this is if one waits uh, after their full retirement age, uh, then the benefit would actually go up um, until they're age 70. If they, you can wait up to age 70, it's not going to increase anything after 70, but it would actually go up at a, at a rate of 8% annually. Uh, again, literally on a monthly basis, but it's, a, it's 8% for the year. Uh, so that's called delayed retirement credits. And you're starting to see more articles and things about that, mm -hmm. um, about maybe waiting uh, and extending it. But there again becomes the argument of, yeah, but how many months would I collect versus a higher paycheck for a shorter period of time? All very personal decisions in my estimation. And there's that's why I think the articles are dangerous of everybody should wait or everybody should take it early. It really depends on the client and yeah. what, uh, what resources they might have and what their income goals are and such. But we need, as advisors, uh, we need to be aware of, of how that's gonna work when we're counseling that. But that's the first piece of, of this trifecta. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's great. Cause I mean, like we said, it's probably the one that people think of the most. And yet it's probably the one that people know very little about because like you said, that month to month change. And I, I don't think I've ever really heard anyone talk about that before. You know, no one's really ever talked about, you know, like literally the, the day that you decide to file could determine, you know, if it's the 31st of the month versus the first of the next month, you know, could have, could impact your payout. Yeah. And that's, what's so cool about the, my social security account, because you can literally go in there and see as the months grow uh, you see your own benefit growing for not having taken it at the at right at age 62. Uh, so it's it's a little it, it deserves a more attention, perhaps, uh, from the advisor standpoint of understanding, you know, exactly how that works. And then that flows into the next piece. Yeah. What's, that what's... is, OK, what if I'm what if I'm claiming early? I haven't reached my full retirement age, but I'm going to keep working. I want to go, I want to start getting my, my social security check, but I'm going to keep working. Then we have to be aware of the second piece of this trifecta of rules. And that is the impact that that earned income might have on my benefits. Yeah. And this is one that fewer people know about, um, that, that this could come into play. It only comes into play when we're claiming early. Because after we've reached our full retirement age, we can have as much earned income as we wish, and it's not going to cause benefits to be withheld. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have to be aware of those uh, thresholds. Now, one big footnote on this second piece of the impact of earned income when we're retirement. One, it's only earned income. It's not unearned income. It's not our dividends. It's no not royalties. capital gains. It's work income. That's all that comes into play here. And this, whereas in the claiming the benefit earlier, early, that's a permanent reduction. 
the second category of, of claiming early and having earned income, that's going to be perhaps that, that may cause a temporary withholding of benefits. It won't be permanent. And, and most people don't know that uh, at all, that if our earned income exceeds uh, thresholds that uh, Social Security puts out, then it may cause some of our Social Security benefit to be withheld until we reach full retirement uh, uh, age. Um, so uh, again, the threshold changes each year as far as income, um, but the, the first threshold that applies from age 62, if we claim that early, up until the year in which we reach full retirement age, um, then that threshold, uh, if we exceed that threshold, then one benefit of our Social Security retirement check is withheld for every $2 that were over uh, that were over the threshold that applies uh, in, in that year, and then the threshold is, goes up. One, the it, income threshold goes way up in the year that we reach our full retirement, mm -hmm. and the reduction or the withholding formula becomes one dollar of Social Security withheld for every three dollars that were over the threshold, and that's just in that year that we reach our FRA. Uh, but then everything that's withheld because of that. When we reach our FRA, those dollars start being, they, they recalculate it and those monies are put back into the monthly check. So it's not gone forever like the first piece is when we just simply claim uh, early. So we would want to be aware year to year of what those income thresholds are and where the client's at with it to be able to explain that. Um, because in my experience all these years, Clients are really clueless to the fact that uh, that it's just a temporary thing. That you know, some people will manage the hours that they work if they're an hourly worker, let's say. So it's not so much that so the they money, don't exceed it. Yeah, so it's not so much that the Social Security monies are being taken away from them; it's just being deferred because those monies they're going to get back in later paychecks once they reach full retirement age. That's right. Uh, if, if they've exceeded those thresholds. And so Social Security withholds some of their benefit check. Uh, eventually that will come back, unlike that first category mm -hmm. where they just, they claimed at 62 when they had an FRA of 67, that money's never coming back. But money that they get withheld from Social Security because while claiming early, they had earned income, that money's coming back. So that, and, so once they reach full retirement age, they start, you know, threading that that money that was withheld back in and spreading it out over over all the future ones. Exactly. So people, I mean, I've seen people manage the amount they make to the threshold and then thinking I can't work any more than that because they'll forever take my money. That's just not the case. They'll reduce some of it, but you're going to get it back. So maybe they would want to work more. Maybe they have the opportunity to earn more income and would and don't mind working the amount of time uh, but they haven't been out of fear that, oh, I don't want to lose Social Security. Well, you're not. It's going to come back if that's the situation, mm -hmm. that it's just being temporarily withheld in, uh, instead of the permanent reduction piece. Now, now so are the withhold one, yeah, mm -hmm. go ahead. Are the withholdings calculated month to month for that as well? You know, is it, is, are this Social Security looking at your paycheck every month to see how much? No, you it's really on a yearly basis. Okay. Uh, you know, they're going to look back on it. Well, this was a situation last year and they count on the taxpayer to 
uh, you know, really manage that? Is the situation going to be the same uh, or, or not the same for the coming year? But it's always reconciled uh, mm-hmm. then. But it, that one's not month to month of, we'll withhold this month, this uh, this much this month and not as much next month. They just look at really uh, year by year and then withhold and um, whatever percentage or amount of a check each month until that total amount has been withheld and then the checks would start up in full again. Uh, but it's not it's not a variable thing every single month. Excellent. That's a good question, actually. Awesome. So that's those are the first two pieces. And then the third piece is, and this is in play all the time, whether you're claiming early, claiming late, having benefits withheld because of earned income, the third piece is the taxation mm-hmm. of, uh, of Social Security. Uh, that's always in play, no matter what the situation on the other two is. Uh, part of one's Social Security may be subject to income taxes. On that line on the 1040, for Social Security, it'll you know what the Social Security benefits paid were for the year, and then there's another piece to that line of which is the taxable amount or really the reportable amount for tax purposes that becomes uh, part of one's AGI really. Um, and and again, I, there's some awareness to this, but I don't know if everybody's you know really firm on how it exactly works. So um, each year, what has to happen with the tax fine is uh, we, we have to come up with what's called provisional income. Uh, and provisional income starts by including one half of one's Social Security benefits. And then the big variable here that a lot of people don't realize is in this provisional income calculation, tax-exempt income is also recorded, is also included in that worksheet. And then one, all other uh, AGI type of items for their tax return are, are, are put in there. And we come up with provisional income. For the CFP exam, the big variable is knowing you start with half the Social Security and you have to add back tax-exempt income. Uh, they love to test that. Uh, so once we know what the provisional income is, then there are brackets. There are thresholds based on filing status. And based on where what a client falls uh, in those brackets will determine what percentage of their Social Security income has to be reported uh, or what amount of their Social Security has to be uh, reported. It's a little more complex than that uh, if you look at the worksheet, but in general, we can understand it by knowing there's just some thresholds. For example, for a uh, uh, married filing jointly, uh, taxpayer, uh, if their provisional income is less than $32,000, uh, none of their Social Security is subject to, to federal income tax. Mm-hmm. If their provisional income falls between $32,000 and $44,000, uh, then half, 50% of their Social Security is subject to federal income tax. And then if their uh, if their provisional income is over 44,000, uh, 85% of their social security is subject uh, to taxes. Um, and you know what's sad about this, Jerry? I'm in my 43rd year in, uh, in this, and I think those thresholds have been the same my entire career. <laughs> They've never been adjusted oh, for any man. kind of inflation. So it sucks, it just sucks. 
that 85% of many, 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 if not most people's social security is subject to federal income taxes because of those low, low thresholds. Wow. Uh, 44,000 on a married filing jointly taxpayer puts them in the, uh, you know, 85% uh, of their social security is going to be subject to tax. Uh, and for a single, that upper threshold is just 34,000. Uh, you know, the government's taxing us on the money that we're getting back for the taxes that we paid over our entire lifetime. Exactly. I think it just really sucks that that those brackets have not been adjusted uh, uh, over time. Uh, so it's just pushing more and more people to have to pay some tax on their uh, uh, on their Social Security. For the CFP exam, uh, one of the one of the easiest questions that one might draw on exam day is simply how much of one's social security may be subject to uh, federal income tax. And the answer is simply 85%. So <laughs> students cheer when they see that question on the exam, because it's pretty easy to remember that, you know, zero, 50 and 85% these, but those, that's always in play. So you might have someone who uh, has claimed early. So they're having a permanent reduction in the first category. They're continuing to work because they need to. Um, and, and so they're having some more benefits of that already reduced amount, right? Mm -hmm. They're having some benefits withheld because their earned income, their compensation exceeds the thresholds. And then the third piece is their income may be such that they're having to pay taxes on as much as 85% of, uh, of the social security that they're getting. So that's the trifecta of rules that's in play uh, for clients. And, and, and I just think this is good stuff for an advisor to be up on. Yeah. Cause I can easily see how all three of those are, would apply, you know, thinking of my own parents and them deciding about taking social security or not, you know, they, they fall into all of those, you know, they're not quite uh full retirement age. Well, my dad's actually getting pretty close there. He's, he's uh one year away from it. Uh, but, you know, my dad's the type of person who is never going to stop working. <laughs> you know, he, yeah. he just he never he like even even if he was working for free, he would still want to work uh, just to, you know, have something to keep him busy. So that's going to cause a reduction as well. And then, yeah, like you said, everyone's going to have that taxation piece until Congress decides to increase it, which I doubt they ever will increase those thresholds considering they want to go the other way. <laughs> Well, they need the money, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, it's a funding issue. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, my question, Mike. For someone like me, who's probably never going to get Social Security because it'll be phased out by the time I retire, what are, what are my decisions? <laughs> well, that's why every now and then in a political cycle, someone will run on the basis of um, it's voluntary participation that you can you can invest your own money. Mm -hmm. And uh, there won't be any Social Security for you, but you will have had the benefit of that, uh, say, 7.65% that you pay uh, up to those limits. You can invest that and hopefully have your own Social Security. That's never gotten a whole lot of traction, mm -hmm. but that's where that conversation comes from. And that kind of uh, plays off of, because correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong but uh, public servants already kind of have something like that, where they don't pay into the social security because they have a government pension instead. Yeah. Uh, more and more that's starting to, to kind of mash together, mm -hmm. but that can be true. Um, but, but again, like a good example of that is uh, railroad retirement. Yeah. Uh, in the early stages of social security, the railroad 
uh, voted not to participate, <laughs> that, that they were going to have their own. Yep. And they did for many, 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 many years. Now it's kind of mashed together. And one tier of their benefits is really based around Social Security type of calculation. And then they have another tier of benefits based on pure railroad. So you see mm-hmm. some of that when you get um, you, you know, into the, in outside of um, you know, just just working for a regular for-profit uh, company. Got it. So, because th- that's how it's run now. You know, firefighters, police officers, you know, Department of Public Works. You know, all, all those individuals they don't actually have Social Security withheld because they have you know town pensions and they have other seeing... things. Yeah, and 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 Social Security's need to remain solvent is why you see more and more mashing together. Oh, really? Access to those dollars <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to help with the funding. Yeah. Uh, so I think it'll become more and more homogenous as as we roll roll through the years. And I think these ages will be pushed out. Um, well, if you think about it, you know, Social Security is probably the most successful Ponzi scheme in existence because, <laughs> you know, the continuation of Social Security relies on new dollars coming in. It's like... <laughs> Huh, I've I've read the definition of this somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought of it that way, but you know that yeah, you, it is dependent on new monies coming in. So, uh, so anyway, I uh, I I think over the years, and certainly in the rest of my life uh, time, it won't go away. Right. It will. It won't look like it does right now. I think yep. that's that's kind of that's kind of certain. But, um, you know, hopefully this discussion helps some folks that maybe are contemplating uh, or advising someone who's contemplating how this works. And, uh, and then certainly for CFP students, any one of these three is fair game for the exam. And, and in the BIF review, we drill down on this and, um, you know, so they're prepared for it. But any one of them individually or uh, they could go all the way and have it, have a scenario where all three of these are in play for one client. Yeah. And, uh, mark my words, we're coming up on an election year next year. Uh, add it to your election year bingo card. I guarantee you'll see debates about raising the full retirement age for social security. Oh yeah. It, it, it's, it's the way that it's batted around to always show solvency. Is, you know, and some of it is stretched so far into the future that it's like the odds of that ever really coming true are slim and none because it's so far in the future. But for this year's cycle, re-election cycle, it shows raising money. Uh, This is how we're going to solve the Social Security problem. And then the next administration comes in and blows it all up and has their own thing. So it's constantly a football being kicked around. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we just want to have great advisors that are up on this, not that everybody's going to be a social security expert or specialist, but I think extreme awareness just helps serve clients better yeah. and better that, you know, they want to do this, but you can tell the client isn't aware of this rule or, uh, or, or, or that rule. And, and like I said, the biggest one I've witnessed over the years is that second piece and people's understanding of what happens when you have earned income and you're claiming your social security early. Um, that's probably the biggest disconnect that I've seen over the years. Yeah. Well, awesome. Mike, I certainly learned a lot. I know a lot more about social security now than I did when we sat down. Hopefully our listeners got the same. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, great session, uh, going into, yeah, we're going into the March exam cycle. So we're going strong. So good luck to all of our March exam takers out there. And, uh, you know, we look forward to congratulating you when you get those, uh, those passing results in a couple weeks. Yeah. And as I always say, study on my friends, study on. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Well, if you are looking for more episodes, make sure to check out the Biff Bites podcast on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and of course, BiffBites.com. Until next time, I'm Jerry Mee. And thanks again, Mike, for joining us. My pleasure, Jerry. Thanks, buddy. Take it easy. Have a great one, everyone. 